Thanks for joining us on the Father's House podcast, where we are leading people into a growing relationship with Jesus. Want to learn more about us? Check us out online at thefathershouse.com. We'd love to stay connected. Now, let's go to this week's message. Hey, wow. that's a great you, postcard. That, let's send that. That's a great intro. I mean, if you're smi- you can't smile after that, something's wrong with your smiler, right? Just makes you look for The next two months, June, July, we're going to be studying in this uh, different Psalms. You're going to hear eight separate speakers share in the next two months, and you're going to learn that the Father's house is good in good hands. We got Amen. some great speakers that's going to share, plus Dwight's coming. Dwight's our counselor, my counselor, Anita, and uh, you're going to really enjoy him. But we're talking about what's on your summer playlist, and uh, so we all enjoy, we have a playlist, right? What's on your playlist? Those of you that are watching online, why don't you just post, this is what's on my playlist. This is a song on my playlist. Uh, we all have different playlists yeah. that we go to the beach, to Yours go to the lake. Yours is full of country. Mine's full of country, yes. A little bit of country, you know, that's good. God said, this is my country, so... No, I think that was Blake, right? Sorry, wrong one. I get them all mixed up sometimes. But anyway, yeah, what's on your playlist? But we're not talking about songs, S-O-N-G, but we're talking about psalms, S-P-S-A-L-M-S. What's a psalm on your song list? And so today we're going to look at Psalm 31, and I, we've entitled this Living the Big Life, Living mm-hmm. the Big Life. I believe that we're created to live a big life. Would you say amen? Amen. I think that uh, uh, God doesn't want us to live a very narrow, contained life with no goals, with no dreams, no influence, but I believe he wants us to live the abundant life. But I know what the enemy will try to do. He'll try to keep us contained. He'll try to keep us living the small life. He'll say things like this. Well, you're never going to be able to afford that house. Mm. What makes you think that? Remember when he said that to us about 20 years ago? Right. Yeah, our realtor showed us a house, and I thought, there's just no way. There's just no way. And he said, well, you don't know what will happen. We'll just make an offer and see what will happen. And we prayed, and God did a miracle. Unbelievable. And uh, sometimes the enemy will lie, and he'll say to you, you'll never get well. You'll never get well. You've seen the medical report. Or he'll say... Well, you know what? You're never going to marry the right. You're never going to meet the right person to marry. So you might as well settle with this person that you have right here. Um, Don't believe those lies about bigness. Settle for less. The reason the enemy tries to lie to us like that is because he knows that God has some big things waiting for us. And he knows that if he can cloud our future... And keep us thinking small, small, insignificant. Like, okay, nobody in our family ever did that before. Well, maybe you're the first one that God wants to break through. I love this verse. I discovered this verse this week. And it's in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 11 through 12. And I'm going to read it from the message. In fact, I'd like for you to read it with me. Are you ready? Let's read it. Go. Dear, dear, dear Corinthians, Corinthians, I can't tell you how much I long for you to, to enter this the wide open spacious life. life. He's saying the big life, right? The big life. We didn't, didn't fence you, you in. in. The, the smallness you feel comes from within you. Your lives aren't small, but you're living them in a small way. I'm speaking as plainly as I can and with great affection. Open up your lives. Live openly and expansively. So in today's Psalm, Psalm 31, 
I'm going to encourage you to read it on your own. I'm not going through all of those verses today, or we're not, but we're going to highlight some of those. Because in this Psalm 31, David is going to talk about going through times of defeat, feeling defeat. We all feel that sometimes. Uh, Feeling rejection, being talked about. He even is going to look at that, but he's going to show us in Psalm 31 how to have breakthrough. Mm -hmm. So you got to read it this afternoon. He's going to go through times of tears, times of turmoil, and then he'll say, this is how you triumph into living the big life. When David begins to explain in the Psalms what it means to live a big life, Mm -hmm. he uses three definite uh, descriptions. Mm -hmm. First of all, he says uh, in verse eight of chapter 31, as you're looking that, I hope you got it open uh, in this month, in this June and July, bring your Bible because we're just basically going to look at the Bible. We won't have a lot of notes up on the screen for you to take notes. Your page is blank. Why? So that God can speak to you the way he wants to speak to you today. But we want you to look into your Bible. So verse eight says, you haven't shut me up in life. You haven't allowed the enemy to squash, uh, squash me down. Read it. Here's what he says. You, you set, set my feet, feet in, in a, a wide place. place. You set my feet in a big place, a large place. That's what you've got to expect. Mm. If you're thinking small, insignificant, no influence, never amount to anything, you're thinking wrong. David says, no, you got to see this big. God wants you to live the big life. Yes. And what he's going to do is he's going to set our feet in a wide, big Amen. place. You used to say, don't live a beige life. Yes, that's right. Beige, no who, color. Yeah, who would want to paint beige? It's no color. It's ugly. It's don't totally look to ugly. the sides. Yeah. That's not beige. Anyway, so God sets us in a wide place expansive, but he also sets us in a level place, level place. Psalm 26 and 12 says, my foot stands in an even place. So what's an even place? That's living your life balanced, level. And I'm talking about like your relationship with God, your relationship with your spouse, with your family, with your church, with your career, with your coworkers, all the different areas of your life need to be balanced. Now, sometimes even though there's an order in God's kingdom of who comes first, it needs to be balanced, right? Our friend Casey Treat, who's a great pastor out in the Northwest, one year was telling us about somebody who said, well, Casey, how do you juggle everything. You're a pastor, you're a dad, you're a a husband, you're this, you're that, you're the other, you're an entrepreneur, you're all these different things. And he said, I don't juggle. He said, I have a balanced life. So that, for example, if I'm in the car with my son being a dad, taking him to school, I'm being a pastor going over my teaching, asking him a question about maybe something I'm going to teach. So it's all balanced. It's not one or the other. And you don't have to juggle. You just leave it uh, in a balanced way. If it's uneven, then you're going to stumble. You're going to stumble and fall over. So God sets us in a big level, even place, and he sets us in a solid place, a solid place. That's important because you can have level, but if it's not solid, you are not going to survive. So Psalm 40 and verse two says, he also brought me up out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay and set my feet upon a rock and established my steps. So firm and immovable, consistent, not on sand, 
Matthew 7, the parable of the wise builder and the foolish builder, right? Whoever builds on sand is going down. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sinking sand. sand. So it's God's will for us to live in a big place in a balanced way, like on a rock, so it's solid and it's not movable, yeah. consistent. Yeah. So say this with me. God wants me. God wants me to live a big life. To live a big life. But the devil doesn't want me. But the devil doesn't want me to, to live a big life. To live a and big that's what's life. so exciting about this Psalm 31. David is going to warn us in verses seven, uh, verses nine through 11, go ahead and look at those. In verses nine through 11, he's gonna warn us of seven areas that the enemy is gonna attack us. Mm. Seven specific areas the enemy's gonna focus on to keep us from living the big life. So he says in verse nine, have mercy on me, O Lord, for I'm in trouble. He said, for for I'm in misery. Another translation says I'm misery. And here's, here's why. He says, my eye, underline that, my eye, underline that word, my eye, because we're going to look at that. My eye waste away with grief. Yes, my soul, underline that, my soul and my body, underline soul and my body. Verse 10, for my life, underline the word life, for my life is spent with grief and my years, underline years, and my years with sighing, my strength underlying strength, fails because of my iniquity, and my bones, underline that, my bones waste away, Mm. and I am a reproach, underline the word reproach. So there's seven areas that we're going to look at that that David says the devil is going to attack these areas. So there's a warning. First of all, he says the enemy will try to blur and hinder your vision. Mm. Look at verse 9. He says, my eye my my vision, my ability to perceive, my eye is clouded. One translation says, my eye is clouded and weakened by grief. Mm. The enemy doesn't want you to even see or think that tomorrow can be better than today. So how do I keep my vision? How, how do I keep looking forward to something good's going to happen? Here's the response. Guard your vision. Say that with me. Guard Guard your your vision. vision. Look at your neighbor and say, guard your vision. It's up to you to guard your vision. Proverbs 29 and 18 says, where there is no vision, the people perish or they wander around aimlessly. Mm. So he says, you've got to stay focused. The enemy's going to try to cloud you and say, you'll never amount to anything. You'll never be good. You'll never have this. You'll never have that. But yet when we look in the word, we see God says, yes, those are some things I want for you. So I've got to guard my vision. That's so important. I mean, if your vision gets cloudy and you're not seeing clearly because you're looking at everything around you, you get off track. I worked with the visually impaired and one of the most important things to do for a blind person to cross the street was to get lined up, squared off on that curb and start going straight and keep projecting straight. Because if you go off just a little bit on this side, you're going to wind up in the middle of the intersection when you get to the other side. It's so important to keep that vision and keep it going. Uh, The second warning, and aren't you glad for warnings? I mean, it's not going to just hit you. It's a warning. Sure. Look out for that. The enemy will try to wear down your soul. Yeah. Wear down your soul. He's wear good at that. Wear you down. Verse 9 says, my soul and my body, the yeah. voice translation says, my body and soul are withering with miseries. miseries. Yeah. Now, your soul is you, the way you think, 
your emotions, your will, the decisions, the inner man, okay? So the devil is trying to make you weary, make you tired, wearing down your soul. But, but you gotta be real careful, and how are we gonna respond to that? If he's gonna try to do that, your response is feed your soul. Feed your soul. You yeah. gotta, anything that's growing needs yeah. to be fed, True. right? What we say here at the Father's House is we're leading people into a growing, growing relationship, relationship with, with Jesus. Jesus. So if you wanna grow, you have to feed mm -hmm. your soul. Proverbs 4.23 says, above all else, guard your heart, guard for everything heart. you do flows from it. from it. Another translation says, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Your heart, the inside, what God is talking about, your soul, you know, the thing that, that, that you think and your emotions. You can't live big outwardly if you're living small inwardly. Whoa, say that again. You, can put on, you can't live big outwardly no. if you aren't living big inwardly. You know, a lot of people put on a smiley face, a church face, everything's good, yes, trying to speak things that are not the, as though they are, which is fine. But don't deceive yourself. Right. Don't deceive yourself. If you're not healthy on the inside, right. it's not going to, eventually it's going to come out and that sure. unhealthiness is going to come out. So if you want to uh, look at the warnings about trying to wear you down, feed your soul, feed your soul. John 3, John 1 and 2 says, prosper and be in good health even as your soul prospers. Don't be shriveled from the inside. So what are you doing to build up your life? I hope you're reading the word. We've been saying that here. Read the word, read the word, but not just read the word. How about study the word? Study the word. God has so many amazing things to show you when you study the word. One of the things we do uh, periodically, we will do a version Bible study as a group. So well, pull out good. your phone yeah. real quick and go to thefathershouse.com. You've done this before, yes. but if you're new, we want you to do it. Pull your phone out while you have it out. Make sure it's on silent. That always helps. Yes. Um, all right. So go to the father's house and you're going to swipe up, which means you're scrolling down till you find this red praying through the Psalms of praise, praying That's through the one. Psalms yep. of praise. Signed it starts up. tomorrow. When you click on it, then it'll ask you if you want to join the TFH plan. You can go ahead and do that. Now you could do it on your own, no problem. But when you come together with the church at the end, it, there's a talk it over and you just can put in your observations uh, and see what other people are saying right. also. So you version Bible studies is one way to uh, feed your soul. Another is growth track happening every Sunday, first, second, third, fourth Sunday at the second service. Uh, so if you've not been, you want to come to a first service and then attend growth track second service and you don't have to sign up. You just show up. It's a great way to know where we've been, where we're going, what are your gifts and your talents? How did God make you? And then where are you going to serve? And we don't just mean uh, serve here at the church, but you have a whole mission field out in your life to serve with the gifts that God has given you. So growth track is a great thing to help you grow. And life groups, they're getting ready to start in July. And we are excited about our summer groups. If you have not been a part of one, we want you to be a part of one. Signups will start soon and be a part of it. We've been getting so many great responses and testimonies from people in life groups. And I'm so proud of, of some people that have gone through life groups and now are stepping up to be leaders of life groups. It's so great. It's a way to grow. So another warning, 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 warning. The enemy will try to consume you with grief and anguish. Yeah. Verse 10 says, for my life is spent with grief, sorrow, heartache, unhappiness. 
The Passion Translation says, I'm exhausted and my life is spent with sorrow. It is exhausting. Now, I'm not saying you can't have some grief in your life, some, uh, some things that you, know, you have to process, sure. uh, sadness and things like that. But you know, there are uh, stages of getting through loss and getting through things, and you go through it. You don't camp out in any one of them. Um, and if you find yourself camped out, we want to help you. You know, uh, Celebrate Recovery is a great way on Monday nights. If something's got you and, it, and you're just can't get over it but don't camp out there because the enemy is going to try to consume you with grief and you feel that heaviness you feel a heaviness where you just don't have any uh, passion or enthusiasm and you've lost that vitality and that and that will to want to live a big life right so your response to this is to live in the power of grace. Wow, that's good. Live in the power of grace. Oh my gosh, we are saved by faith through grace. Grace is so amazingly awesome. The power of grace helps you not to lose that passion for life. And, and, and it helps you not to let the grief uh, and anguish consume you. You can't just focus on what you can do but it's what he can do in you, live in his grace. What did he say? What did he say? My grace is sufficient, sufficient meaning you don't need anything else. Right. You need God's grace. What does that mean? God's grace is undeserved mm. favor in your life, undeserved. I don't deserve anything that God has given me. That's grace. Now, on the opposite of that, mercy is when we don't get what we deserve. God, you know, gives us mercy. But grace is giving us things and showing us things and giving us favor when we don't deserve it. So learn to live in the power of grace. And connected with that is forgiveness. Some of you are so bound up by unforgiveness that God can't work in your life. He said, you tie my hands when you don't forgive. And I know it's hard. I got some stuff going on in my life where I keep thinking I'm over it and then it keeps rearing its ugly head and I gotta say, I thought I did that already. And he says, 70 times seven, which means over and over and over till you got it, right? So don't let unforgiveness creep in and bring that anguish, but live in the power of grace. Right. Uh, John 10 and 10 says what? I came that they can have real and eternal life, more and better than the life they ever dreamed of. Not a mediocre life, a big life, yeah. a big life. That's what God came for. Yes. And the fourth warning is that the enemy will try to destroy our future. Uh, verse 10 says, all of my years, look at the word years, that's my future. I, I look at it and I, there there's nothing there and, and I'm full of sighing. He says, as I grow, as I, my, as my, look at the years, I start groaning. My years are shortened by sadness. In other words, he says, what he's talking about here is he said, I've made mistakes. I've made failures. And when I try to look at, do I have a future in that? Here's what happens a lot of times. We live in today and we don't think about tomorrow. Mm. So here's our response. Focus, focus on this living your life long mm. say say it with me live, live your, your life long. long to have a a big life you got to focus that it's more than just today because if it's more than just like in your marriage if you want to have a great marriage you got to look beyond just today mm -hmm. or tonight mm -hmm. but you got to look if i continue to do what i'm doing right now what's going to happen in the long run so I think that's what David is saying to us here. When you think about what you're doing right now daily with your health, your life, your finances, your marriage, 
What's the long life of that? Mm. In fact, in November, we're going to do a married couple's date night. It's going to be fun here. Look forward to that and sign up. And then Pastor Tim, next month, he's going to talk about the house of the risen sun. Mm -hmm. That's going to be be one of the songs that he's going to sing. And it's going to talk about making sure our family and our houses are in order, right? Because we want to live for the long life. Mm. Number five, the warning is the enemy wants to see you weak and needy, weak and needy. He says, look at this, my strength fails because of my sin. My troubles are using up my strength. Here is guilt. He says, I've failed. I've made a mistake. I've messed up my destiny. And, and he feels that I'm, I'm just so weak because of my sin. But here's the response. See yourself in a position of strength. Right. Say it with me. See, See yourself, yourself in, in a, a position, position of strength. strength. Not weak. Joel 3 and 10 says, let the weak say, I am strong. Mm. So let's look at them. Here's how we're going to handle these uh, warnings. Number one, let's say it. Guard Guard your your vision. vision, Feed your soul. Live in the power of grace. Live your life long. See yourself in a position of strength. That is so good. And don't forget, yeah, we all sin. We all make mistakes, but God is a forgiver, right? When we confess our sin, he forgives us. And then he says, now see yourself the way I created you. You are strong in the things of God. Here comes another warning. The enemy will try to get you to ignore your health so you don't enjoy your life. Ignore your health. Don't worry about it. Eat it. Go for it. Be fat and happy. I don't know. I'm not happy when I'm fat. I'm sorry. I need to lose about 20 right now, and I'm not happy. (laughs) But you got to be healthy, okay? Be healthy. I'm I'm not not... saying amen. You look at me for an amen. I'm not that stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Well, (laughs) my point is... Live a healthy life. That's good. Live a healthy. Don't deprive yourself of everything, but don't go crazy either. He said in verse 11, my bones waste away and my bones have become old. Oh, I'm knowing that right now. My joints are bothering me, but I'm claiming a healing. Y'all can pray for me. See yourself in a position of strength. See myself in a position of strength and call things that are not as though they are. I am healed. I am healed. I am healed. My bones are young and strong. Yes, in Jesus' name. So what is the response when you see the warning that he's trying to, for you to ignore your health? It's take your health Health seriously. seriously. Take your health seriously. You don't want to spend your life in a a hospital room with an oxygen mask or tent over you and you can't breathe. And you know what? But it's not just physical. It's also spiritual, spiritually healthy, natural and physical health. And don't take it for granted. And a lot of times when your spiritual health is going down and you're you're not really healthy in your spirit, you tend to not be healthy in your body and vice versa. They go together. Remember, this is the temple of the Lord, right? He lives in us. So also, you know, the gym can become an obsession. People can go crazy. People go crazy with a lot of things, obsessed with a lot of things. And and it's not healthy to do that. But we want to care about our life and our condition and not take it for granted. I must say that you are a super awesome inspiration. 71 years old, except the 
fact that you decided to let everybody and their mother know that you I wanted know. to do another half marathon. I know, me and my big mouth. And then mouth. Kelly, our daughter, went ahead and signed him up. And then I said, well, don't leave me out. I'm a competitor. I'm going too. So we're all signed up for it. But this guy has started the process. It's going to be in February. And he's already started to, uh, to train. I was like, well, train a little bit for me till my knees um, let, me, <laughs> let me do it. But I'm, I'm planning on doing it. So, you know, we can talk about this stuff till we're blue in the face. But really, you have to yeah. listen and do and see what God wants you to do to become healthy because he wants you to live a long life and not to enjoy, I mean, not to ignore your health, but to enjoy your yes. life. And number seven, the enemy will cause people to talk about you. No. You ever had people talk about you? When you make a decision, you want to do something good, and people talk about you. He says, I'm a reproach among my enemies, in verse 11. I, I, I'm a joke to my enemies. Even my friends, uh, they pass by on the other side of the road. So what do you do when people talk about you? Well, you do this. You don't let people pull you down. Right. Because people will pull you down. You got to be careful that you're not hanging around people that pull you down, right. but you want to be around people that lift you up. Yes. In Psalm 31 and 1, he says, In you, O Lord, I put my trust. Let me never be ashamed. Deliver me. They're talking bad about him. Mm. So he just simply says, Lord, I'm not going to let people pull me down. I'm not going to let people pull me Yeah, down. and they will try. And I even have had times where God said, I want you to try to help pull them up. They're trying to pull you down. You help try to pull them up. But if they're pulling you down and they're bringing you down, guess what? It's time to let go. And I know that can sound a little, you know, mean, but don't let somebody pull you down. Don't let somebody pull you down. I read a story about an experiment that was done with four monkeys mm. in a room with some bananas on a pole in the middle of the room. So they're like, yeah, this is where I want to be. So the first monkey went up the pole and just as he was going to grab for a banana, a bucket of water was dumped on him, wow. cold water, and he fell down. He never got the banana. So the second one was like, mm, just watch me, I'll do it. So he went and he went up and as soon as he went to grab for the bananas, same thing, the bucket of water dumped on him, cold water pushed him down and he fell down. And it was like, what, what are we going to do? So all they knew was, I don't want to touch those bananas because every time I do something happens. So they kept trying, the couple hours went by and... The other two monkeys went up and the same thing happened. As soon as they went up to touch the bananas, the water would fall on them. They would douse, they would go and they would fall. And day by day, even though the loved bananas, they stopped going up the pole. Stopped going up the pole. At that point, the researchers were like, okay, let me try something here. Let's take one of the original monkeys out and put a new monkey in. As soon as they put the new monkey in, guess what? He went up the pole. And while he was going up the pole, the other three monkeys pulled him down, pulled him down. So they're like, hmm, that's interesting. He kept trying, pulled him down, kept going up. They kept pulling him down. Guess what happened? He tried again and again. They wouldn't let him do it. And finally, he just gave up. He quit trying. So then they brought in another monkey. And that what they wound up doing was passing, uh, taking the originals out and putting in new ones. So after a couple of weeks, there were a whole room full of dozens of monkeys. Not one of them ever had the water poured on them or even saw that it happened. Wow. But they did not even attempt to go up this pole to get to 
the bananas. Because the others kept pulling them down. They kept pulling them down. Now, sometimes we're like those monkeys and we think, I can't do it. I don't know why I can't do it. I just, I just can't do something great. I can't accomplish a dream. I don't even know why. I can't accomplish, I can't break this addiction. All we know is that nobody in the family did it, so they're telling us we can't do it. Yeah. And guess what? They're pulling you down. Yeah. They are thinking that they're helping you, like those monkeys thought they were helping the guy, the, the one from getting doused, but they're not helping. They're pulling you down. They're making you settle. They're saying you can't do it. You can't live a big life. They think that, that the more they try to help you, you're just gonna give up. But you know what? Generation after generation gets limited gets pulled down and doesn't accomplish the big great things because of wrong thinking but you can break that lie you can break that lie of the enemy yes. God has bigger things for you yes. look at those warning signs if you're gonna live the big life look at all of those warning signs and do all the responses so that you can put those into practice yes. and start to live a big life well I was just thinking about that being pulled down I remember reading a story about a young kid he was six years old and he was in school and the teacher gave him an assignment and the assignment was I want you to write on a piece of paper what you want to do and be in life so the young kid had seen somebody on TV uh, that was on TV and it made people laugh so he wrote on the piece of paper I want to be on TV and make people laugh so the teacher uh, got all the little uh, notes in that the students wrote she began to highlight them, say, oh, Johnny said this, and they said this, and, and then she read Stevie's, and she said, come up here, Stevie. He was so proud, he thought she was going to read his out loud to everybody, and she said to him, what did you write on there? And proudly, he said, I wrote that I want to be on TV and make people laugh. She said, now, Stevie, have you ever known somebody that was on TV? No, ma'am. Has anybody in your family ever been on TV? No, ma'am. Then what makes you think that you can be on TV and make people laugh? She handed him the paper and she said, here, you need to redo the assignment because what you said is not realistic. It'll never happen. Who said that to you before? You had dreams, expectations, and hopes, and somebody like the monkeys pulls you down. Stevie went home that evening, shared with his dad because he'd never had anybody tell him he couldn't do anything yet. Shared with his dad, and his dad gave him the greatest advice. He said, Stevie, put this, this note in the top dresser drawer at home. Every morning, read it, and every night before you go to bed, read it again. You can do, and you can be. Thank God somebody said that to Steve Harvey. And now seven days a week, he is on TV and making people laugh, making people laugh. But here's my question to you. Yeah. Who told you you can't do something great? Who told you you can't accomplish the dreams that God put in your heart? Who told you you'll never get over that illness? What monkeys are you allowing to pull you down? Steve Harvey could have lived the small life and said, I guess I'll never be able to do that. And we will all have missed something along the way of Steve Harvey, right? If you're going to live a large life, you've got to delete, 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 delete the negative comments that people pour into your life. Some of you today, uh, you're, you're listening to all this, but you say, yes, but 
and you're listening to all the negative things. No, stop it. Stop it. Delete those. You are God's chosen. His breath is in you. There's nothing too small and insignificant for you. You're not who people say you are. You are who God says you are. And I declare that today is a new day. God's about to show you some new things, open up new dreams for you, giving you favor in your life. The memory verse out of Psalm 31 is verse 24. Here it is. Be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart, all of you who do what? Hope in the Lord. That's how I live the big life. Now, one of the reasons I love Psalm 31 is Psalm 31 is a psalm that Jesus prayed while he was dying. This week in our version study, I pray that you sure sign up because it's how to pray the psalms, how to pray the psalms. But as Jesus is drawing his last breath on the cross, he prays Psalm 31, verse 5. Into your hand, I commit my spirit. Wow. Jesus is saying, it looks like everything is a small life, that my life is dead. But he said, I commit my life, my future, into you. And it's like Eddie said a few minutes ago. We just crawl in that offering plate and we say, here I am. Let's bow our heads. Father, we thank you today for loving us, for caring for us. We thank you today, God, that it's not your desire that we live small and insignificant and lives that don't have an impact, but you want us to live the big lives. And so today, Lord, we come to you. And Lord, if we've never surrendered our heart to you, we pray we want to do that today. God, so that we can live that big life. And I pray for those that maybe negativity and, and, and other, other monkeys have been pulling them down with their words and their actions and saying, you can never ascend to that. You can never do that. There's no way you'll ever do that. And Lord, I break the power of that right now. You'll never find somebody that loves you. You'll never be able to be healed. You'll never be able to live. You'll never use that talent. You'll never get to that place. I tear down that lie right now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. With every head still bowed and every eye closed, if you're here today and you say, Terry, I've never invited Jesus into my heart and into my life today. Or years ago, I was serving him, but I've grown cold in my walk with him. Today, I want to start afresh and anew. I want to commit my spirit into his hands. Would you please lead me in prayer? If that's you today in the house or online, would you raise your hand and make eye contact with me and say, that's me. I need Jesus today. I need him in my life. I need him. I need him today. He's who I need. I need him. I don't want to live without him. I need him today. Now, for those of you who raised your hand here in the house or online, I want to lead you in a prayer right now. Let's pray this together. Everyone pray with me. Father God, thank you for sending your son Jesus to die for my sins. I trust in you today. And I ask you to forgive me of my sins and to come into my life and be my Lord and Savior. As best as I know how, I want to serve you all the days of my life. In your name, Jesus. Amen. Well, if you want to live the large, big life with Jesus, let's give him a hand clap. All right. Amen. Amen. It's our honor to play a small part in all that God is doing in your life. We would love to continue with you on that journey. 
To find out what your next steps might be, visit thefathershouse.com slash next. Join us next week as we continue to love God, help people, and build the kingdom.